0: Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. We are Tammy, Gracie, and Michelle. And a hug is a gesture intended to convey a sense of care, support, safety, intimacy, and affection. And even though we can't wrap our arms around you, we want you to consider yourself hugged. Now, this is Tammy letting you know that Michelle, Gracie, and I recorded an intro with all of us talking, but guess who forgot to hit record? So next time, we'll have a different intro. Thanks for your grace. We are so excited to be here because this is our first real episode of Us Now co-hosting Consider Yourself Hugged. So it's the three of us now. You met all of us together a few weeks ago right we did or a few months I don't know how long has it been it's it's been a while it's been a while so we are now together with you we we will be doing things um differently from time to time we're going to have exciting new ideas but the biggest thing that that we always still want to do is be here for you help you with your mental and emotional well-being and leave here feeling like we have given you a big hug. So I don't know what we're doing today. We it's mental health awareness month and I know Michelle has some things she wants to talk about. So do y'all have anything you wanna just talk about before we jump in?
1: <laughs>
0: I'll take that as a no. Do y'all not know how much I hate awkward pauses? Like, <laughs> not 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 pa- awkward. uh, what is it called? Not pause. Silence. Yeah, I can't understand
1: awkward silence. <laughs>
0: You, you are gonna edit part of this out, right? I don't know. It depends <laughs> on what you say. What are you <laughs> intending to say? Well, it is it is mental health awareness month. At least I think it will still be mental health awareness month when we get this posted. Um so yeah, we 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 wanna help you with that. So Michelle, you had some things you wanted to talk about today. So
2: Yes. What are you? And yeah. So Super excited to be talking about Mental Health Awareness Month. This month it's May. Um, May 11th is Children's Mental Health Awareness Day.
1: And I didn't so, know that.
2: Um, yes, so um, lots of stuff kind of going on at work around that. But I wanted to just start out and read some, um, some statistics for Mental Health America in regards to mental health in America. That was kind of like redundant, but you no, know, that's
0: okay. And you, well, we have these statistics. What an awful word in the show notes.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. They will definitely be in the um, show notes along with a link to the website. Cause that website has lots of good information. And so this month, we want to talk about lots of different aspects of mental health. So we're going to be talking about some um, mental health diagnosis, what it means to live with a diagnosis and some different topics that definitely, um, you know, are, are really impactful for women and that have an impact on mental health. And so just to kind of start out, I'm going to read these and then I'm going to ask just kind of each of you to, to comment on like, if anything surprised you or if you were already
0: aware and which you probably are, but, um, so she was, she was being super like, like, a couple of days ago, like, I'm just gonna ask you questions. Do you want me to tell you <laughs> now? We were like, no, <laughs> just throw it at us. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, are we just, are these just for women? The The statistics, there is was a very good point. The
2: statistics are <laughs> for the US <laughs> in general. I'm sorry, you're gonna,
0: it's a terrible you word. I'm laugh, sorry. Damn sorry, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> For the statistics, um, so the stati- are, are actually for,
2: um, this is going down here a little fast, <laughs> it is actually for everyone in America. It's primarily adults, and we'll be talking um, more about children a little bit later, but it is for both men and women. The statistics cover both. Gotcha. Men- in America, 50 million Americans live with um, a diagnosed mental illness, 50 million and so it seems like with with that many, like that we have a mental health awareness month to try to make people more aware, things like people mm-hmm. are aware, but they kind of live in isolation with things. So I'm such a big fan of this month to help yeah. people feel not so alone. Yes. And so 19 million individuals live um, with a substance use disorder this past year. So that's just looking at this past year, 19 million individuals, 20 million adults are living with major depressive disorder, 3.3 million with bipolar disorder this past year, 42.5 million with an anxiety disorder, 12 million people with PTSD, and 1.5 million with schizophrenia. And so that's not even including things like eating disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders, and some of the other things. So when you think about it, that is a huge, huge amount of people that are living with mental health diagnosis, and so I, what percentage I, would you say of um, individuals? I'm just going to kind of throw this out there first, okay. and then get you guys' opinion. All right, Gracie. Percentage of those people that do not receive any treatment, what percentage of people do you think don't receive treatment? Do not receive treatment.
1: Do not. Do not. According to but, uh, mental health. Mary. I haven't seen the stats re- recently, but I do know that you now this is old like 10 years ago, it was over 60% of people did not receive treatment. Now I was gonna say
0: about half.
1: So so I'm hoping it's not better than that.
2: Just just slightly 56%. Yeah. So that's it's it's a lot of people. So like do these numbers, do they surprise you? Or are they kinda on point with what you would have thought?
0: Yeah. You know, I've been teaching a lot of mental health webinars um, for quite some time and especially this month. And so we there are some um, numbers. I'm just going to say numbers instead of statistics that that we cite. And it it seems to be different depending on the research. But I don't think I've tell me what the 50 million was again.
2: Individuals in America living with a mental illness.
0: I don't think I knew that one. That's a lot of stinking people. We're talking about with a diagnosis. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people kind of, like I said, that seem to to live in isolation. Of course, not everyone, but I do think that's something that people seem to keep to themselves.
0: Well,
1: well it I- is. And I, and I think part of the problem is, is how we even define the term mental illness, right? It, 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 the way we use it, it implies if you're either healthy or ill. And it's yes. not, it's continuous. So when we talk about 50 million people have a mental illness, well, I qualify for that, right? I have diagnoses, mm-hmm. things like that. <clears throat> it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm struggling. And I think that's the important thing is this is part of the human condition. Life can be hard. Mm-hmm. It's not either or. And again, I think the connotation when we say mental illness is somebody who's not functioning or it's extreme or mm-hmm. it's noticeable, you know, all that other stuff. And that's, that's simply not the case. And I well, think that's, and that's a, like, what do you think would be a better way to,
0: what would be a better way, do you think Gracie, to cite those numbers? Or what, what would be a better way to collect that data
1: to change? Well, I, I, I don't think collecting the data is the issue. I think it, like I said, I think it's how we internalize the term. Well, right. But I mean, that's how. So maybe even saying things like diagnosable mental health issue or mental health concern. Mm. So Is it a- one
2: of the the next things kind of I was going to talk about very much applies to what you guys are, are discussing now, the term diagnosis. And so I just kind of sent out a quick um um, I don't, it's not really a survey, but some quick messages out to some individuals I knew and ask them to give me the first word that comes to mind when they hear the word diagnosis. And so I'm going to read you guys some of the things that some of the responses I got back and see kind of how it ties into what you guys are talking about. Do you want to hear got, ours? Yes. You want to give yours first?
1: Give yours
0: first like if you're saying the first word that comes to mind with diagnosis would yes. be the first thing you're thinking first your thing the first yes. thing I thought of was doctor doctor okay
1: Gracie mm, if you'd asked me 20 years ago I'd be like okay diagnosis means there's something wrong something that needs to be fixed something that needs to be cured now though because what I've been doing over the last few years to me diagnosis means description description okay I like
2: that description. So the answers I got back, I got back several that said fear. Like that the first thing that came to mind when they heard the word diagnosis was fear. And again, I I asked this question and did not, you know, they didn't provide explanation or anything like that. It was just one word. The word. Yes. Um, Then another person said relief. Another person is so thing. different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But can I can I throw something in there? And absolutely I think the reason is I have had this so many times with clients where people would come to me and they would talk about what's going on. I'm like, oh well, that is, and I would say a term or a diagnosis, and they're like, Oh, you mean this is a real thing? Oh, you mean I'm not the only one? And it was such a relief because so many people have had this, it's actually written down in a book. So I like the fact that people are responding with that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then um, someone else said, "Guide, guide, guide." I okay. think probably in, um, I think they probably meant in the sense that it helps them guide, kind of what to know, where to go next.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And somebody else said, "Worry."
2: And someone else, and they didn't. They did more than just a word. Said an epic adventure. Oh, and so I'm. I mean, I'm guessing that was from a personal experience. Something. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, right. We don't completely know, but um. And so those were some of the the responses Mm. that I got back. I also got anxiety. Um, those were kind of the most most common. Ones, And I think that, you know, the fact that the most common one that I got back was fear. Yeah. I mean, like multiple people said fear. And I think, um, like when you think about the word diagnosis, kind of like what, um, Gracie was saying, I think that a lot of people think it means, oh, oh no, there's something, there's something really wrong. And yeah, go ahead, Tammy.
0: Well, I just, I'm not sure if this fits in here or when I, when you said you were going to do this topic, I met with a woman a couple of weeks ago, had a meeting and she shared with me that she was recently diagnosed with ADHD. Actually back up. She had shared that with me a long time ago. And then we met and we were talking about that. And I was telling her that I mean, you know, you know, my mental health, my diagnoses were major anxiety, panic disorder, PTSD, and depression. I don't suffer with depression. In fact, I was really surprised that was even a diagnosis. But the anxiety still, like Gracie said, it it comes and goes. It doesn't mean that I'm in it in the moment. But the interesting thing that I realized I was doing is I was searching for another diagnosis. Like I was searching for... Because I have these behaviors that lately are really bothering me and I want there to be a reason for it. And so even if I don't do anything, I'm like, okay, it's like what you said. I don't want to feel like, like, oh, is this a thing? Like, is it a thing that I take a walk and I have my keys in my left-hand pocket and the whole walk is ruined because the whole time I'm thinking I need to have the keys in the right-hand pocket because I'm going to get in the mailbox with the right hand. And I'm like, is that OCD? Is that ADD? And so I'm I'm thinking of it in terms of if it's a thing, then it's real. If it's not a thing, then I'm just ridiculous. So I, I just felt, and I and I found myself doing that thinking when you said living with the diagnosis. And I think there is that polar, like, either fearful of what does this mean am I going to have to it, are people going to see me differently am I going to have to go on medication am I is, am I broken and there's other people that are like please tell me what's wrong with me it's like val- validation yeah
2: it can be very very validating that's not a word I got back but I can definitely see and I've definitely experienced that where people feel like it's a validation oh I'm not xyz I'm not crazy you know I'm not making all this up in my head. I actually have um, this diagnosis down so it can provide a little bit of
1: peace in
2: that way. I can, can especially
1: if there's the, the roadmap saying, okay, not only is this a thing, here's what we can do about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's right. what she
1: said too. She said she had lived with this. She
0: said two things that were very important. She's a little younger than me, but early 50s. So, you know, well past childhood age. And so it was, you know, an adult diagnosis and she's lived with these things her whole life. And so there are things that she's doing now. And she was just like, so the one thing she said is, oh, my gosh, she, you know, now that she's taking some medication, she's doing some things. She's like, I can function. And the second thing she said is she doesn't talk about it to people because not because she's embarrassed, but because when she shares that a very common response she gets is, oh, God, me too. I know what you mean. Mm. And mm-hmm. right. so yeah. that diagnosis thing is a really interesting topic that some people just want to bond with you over that and say that they owe oh, me too. Oh, I'm OCD too. Oh, I'm a, and it's like a serious thing that's
1: very painful yeah, but, for people. Well, but it could be two ways. It could be people were creating that safe space where people feel safe to share. I have this diagnosis too, but there's mm. also the, the minimization and diminishment Oh, I'm OCD too. Um, Actually, no, you just like a tidy desk. That's different than OCD. And sometimes people, they don't get that. And so it could be hard going, oh, well, they say they're OCD or ADD or bipolar or whatever, but look at what they're doing with their lives. How come I can't do that? Mm. And I think we need yeah. to recognize a diagnosis is a legitimate thing. And the common usage of those terms, that's not what that diagnosis means. Yeah, because
2: I can I have seen it be stigmatizing in that, like if in the situation like with what you shared, um, TMU with ADHD, like if if someone says, you know, I have ADHD, I'm now on medicine, it changed my life, and someone else says, oh, oh, well, I have that too, but I don't need medicine. Like that's very stigmatizing, even if the person absolutely doesn't mean that to be. Yeah. It still, you know, can, you know, create some negative feelings for that person that shared.
0: You kind of brought up that same thing when we were we got together. I remember now, I couldn't remember what we recorded together, but it was mental health in the church. And Michelle, I remember you talking about like, um, or maybe Gracie, one of you said that a testimony is different from advice. So saying this is this is how my life is working does not mean that that's how your life needs to be working, you know, two people with the diagnosis can hand, will have different.
2: I mean, especially like with what, um, Gracie just shared as well, like the fact that there are so many things that these terms are used to describe. And so like kind of wrapping your head around the fact that everything does not look the same. Most things are a spectrum. I mean, for me, the perspective of a diagnosis is, um, someone I mean that's part of what I do right it's a I've given people a diagnosis shared that with them um, kind of been there with them during that but at the same time I try to make them them understand that nothing is really as uniform as the DSM like that is not like (laughs) it's a guide that we use to help guide us with treatment like you know, you know, but we're both science teachers, and we talked all the time about how you know things are easier when you categorize them, the periodic table, and so with. I mean, it's the same thing. Like once you have a diagnosis, once you have the diagnosis, it kind of acts as a guide, but it does not determine
1: mm-hmm.
2: as many things as people think it
1: that it determines. Well, and you even use the word spectrum, right? Kind of like I was saying, it's not mentally healthy or mentally ill. It's on a spectrum. And we're just using these words to convey a concept. It's not about who this person is or whatever. And so, yes, so to redefine our understanding of, of health, of diagnoses, of all this on that continuum, on that spectrum, I think is essential. We're all
0: on that continuum. We may not all get to the level of yes. a diagnosis or a mental hospital stay or any of that, but we are all
1: yes you know,
0: on that. And what I one thing I love too, Michelle, that you you do, and I know you do it too, Gracie, but you did it earlier, and it's second nature to you is to use that person first language and not saying that you know, uh, I don't remember what your figures were, but however many million people um, are schizophrenic or or are bipolar that you're saying living with, and it's an important thing, you know, to take yep. that diagnosis and make it specific to what's going on, health related, but not okay. the person. Yeah, and I right. think that's an it's important.
1: It's
0: not thing. who they are. Yeah, for sure. No, mm-hmm. it's
2: not who they are. Hmm. Do you think that, like? the stigma around mental health, around um, mental health diagnosis, is it getting better, worse, the same? What do you think based on what you guys see in your jobs?
1: Oh, so much better. From what I, oh my goodness. I mean, 20 years ago to have a CEO of a large corporation get on a company-wide event and say, this is what I do to support my mental health because I had postpartum depression and I know if I don't take care of it, that would not have happened 20 years ago. And now I'm seeing stuff like that frequently where people are sharing. And the other thing is 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it was very performative. If you need anything, just let me know, right? Coming from management and stuff like that. And now I'm starting to see it and it's legit. It's a legit, if you need something, let me know. And I don't see that going away anytime soon. And so that has enabled, allowed support, encouraged people to say, hi, today I need help without penalty, without punishment, without them being seen as less than or not competent or you know all that other stuff. And again, I don't think that's going away. You
2: you provide services to a lot of different industries. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Like across the board. And so do you feel like um, that that is across the board or just do you feel like there are still some areas where it's, there's a struggle?
1: Um, I think that some of the more traditional, like we have a number of large legal firms and Hmm. they're still kind of, you know, but we have airlines and sports teams and, and pharmaceutical companies and retail and food industry. And, oh my gosh, the changes in the food industry, the support for mental health around that. That's amazing. Um, So, yeah, so it's really, there are some that are, I think, lagging a little bit, but yeah, it, it pretty much is across industry.
0: What do you, what do so you think, much? Tammy? Um, I, I mean, I agree. I, you know, in 1995, I wasn't going to talk to anybody about, you know, okay, I've been in the hospital and now I have been diagnosed with all these things. So, you know, I definitely think better. I think there are some, I mean, we even talked about, you know, churches, I think have a ways to go. And, you know, I had somebody ask me on a webinar, I don't remember when, but they were talking about, you know, hey, they, and these are individual people. So this is just really anecdotal. It's not like, you know, research or anything. But the question was, um, I have someone in my life who was struggling. And I just had to basically say, you know, get out of your own self. It's not all about you. And just come on and push forward and go. You don't have to live in this, you know, this anxiety. Um, And they were like, is that okay? And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, you know calm and answer that question. So I think that there are pockets um, overall. Oh my gosh, especially through the pandemic when people have been, the mental health conversation has gone forward, but there are still some places that have ways to go. What are you seeing, Michelle? I mean, you're seeing people every day. So I think it, I definitely agree that it
2: it's improving. I think that just from from what I see, see, and I'm not going to necessarily, I'm not going to name the industries, but I think that there are still some industries that are a little more guarded than others, that um, there's still some some fear about acknowledging different mental health struggles. I think it's so much better than it was, but I think that 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 there are still some, there's still some work to be done.
0: Well, you think about some um some industries like um pilots and you know you think there could be some fear there like if i tell somebody i'm diagnosed with anxiety or depression or i'm living with bipolar will they you know legally they can't you know just
1: fire you for that reason but what will they trust me actually um in some industries such as that professionals can have their license revoked if they disclose that they have oh a, if they disclose a, just that diagnosis. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you're right, there are still some pockets where mm. it's it's a legitimate thing. You can't you can't disclose at work. And that's and a problem.
2: And the fact that um, you know, in one area of my I have a couple of different jobs, but in one of them, I work with adolescents. Some of who would like to enroll in the, the military. And there's some pretty strict rules mm-hmm. around that in regards to diagnosis, medication, and so forth. And so um, I think that, that, understandably, there are some some things to consider over others. But at the same time, I think that some of those things need to be updated. Yeah, I think there's just some,
1: yeah, right, because a I... person is still going to be impacted whether or not they have a formal diagnosis. Mm. And if somebody is struggling, i rather them be getting support than not. Right.
0: Right. Um, oh, gosh, I had a really good point. What was it?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I talked over.
0: you. No, you didn't do it. If it flies through the air and lands in either one of your brains, just, <laughs> just, just <laughs> let me know. Um, I don't remember. It was something related Related to those things. But that can be a scary thing. Oh, oh, I know what it was just about. We know that there's still this belief that that people with certain mental health disorders have a tendency to be violent, or that violence is just attributed. And if you have a mental health, you know, you think about mass shootings and things. So I think that is still there. That if you hear, oh, that person had a mental health diagnosis, and sometimes people don't even process that. It's like, oh, they had a mental health diagnosis, right?
2: Well, you don't. You have no idea, like how many times I hear. Well, I mean, I'm sure you do because you guys also work in areas of mental health. Like when there is a mass shooting, like people that come up to you and say, "This isn't a gun issue; it's a mental health issue," right? Like I like. Mm. Does do people say that to you guys? Do you hear that when
0: I, mass shootings
2: happen? I hear I a hear. lot.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you say? It depends on who it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. What do you say uh, professionally?
2: Well, really, I, I mean, it's a, a, it's the same no matter what. Maybe just in a, you know, less or more colorful way. But um, I, I, I say that you know, people who are struggling are really across the board. That the majority of individuals, obviously, fifty million individuals, in the you know, United States have a mental health diagnosis and there aren't that many mass shootings in the United States. So obviously that is not like the the core um, of the problem. If, you know, I, I think something we haven't gotten to yet, but the fact that, um, that so many people don't get help and that like 27% of people said that they actively sought help and were not able to find it, But again, like that is not. It is not the core. And yeah,
0: yeah, that's like a whole nother big discussion. Sorry, I just but it's, you know, people who do that are obviously suffering in some way, but people go the wrong direction. You know, it's sort of like the all people who are shooting have are suffering with something, but not all people who are suffering with something are going to go out and do a mass Mm -hmm. shooting. Am I, am I making sense?
1: You are right. Because a a person who is loved and supported and the epitome of health in every way, shape and form, is not going to go out and do a mass shooting. So it's, it's, it's like, well, how can somebody do that? Well, there must be something wrong with them. But again, it's now equating this diagnosis with this extreme. Right. And that's not, that's not who I am. Right. Right. And so I think Michelle, the way, you know, that you were saying, you know, it kind of depends on the person, how you respond to this, but I think it's simply the response of we're not, you know, this is, this isn't the way it is. Not everybody who has a mental health issue or diagnosis is going to do this. We need to separate out what's really going on here.
0: That's right. Well, Michelle, what else do you have for us in our last few minutes together?
2: Well, I started to say something, and it to be catching because then it it just fly right out. (laughs) Yes, yes, somewhere it it absolutely, it absolutely did. Um, But another thing that I want us to kind of talk about when it comes to diagnosis, because we talked, we've talked here. For a few minutes on fear, and I, it just came back to me. But, like, I was going to kind of bring up how, you know, when you and I were formulating the school program, how many people, when we first talked to them about it, thought it was about how to prevent a school shooting?
0: Oh, right. Right. We were writing a mental health program to yeah. help so
2: teachers I and wanted students. To
1: do- and that was people's yeah. first and responses? So,
2: yes, that was their first responses. Now, this was a couple of years ago but yeah they all thought it was going to be about how to prevent school shootings and wow. so there is that bias there that kind of I, I think does contribute to some of the the fear right yeah. a lot around disclosing and talking about it and um, and so forth but i really want to kind of like swing back around to um, different positive ways to kind of navigate so you know we were talking about okay here you have a diagnosis, you know, whether it, maybe it provides relief, maybe it is um, something that's causing fear or causing anxiety in itself, Mm -hmm. but where do you go from there? What's the next step?
0: Are you asking us? Yes. So are you saying sort of like, okay, you've been diagnosed and now you've had the fear or you have the whatever, then. What
2: would your advice be? What would your advice be to someone who just received a mental health diagnosis or is concerned? You know, obviously, maybe they're they're going in to help with that. Like, what would your advice be?
1: Hmm. Me, it's wow. intimacy. Wait, so to me, it's intimacy. It's finding at least one person that you can trust that you feel safe with. Because, I mean, it's a core human need. Mm-hmm. And that is what, I mean, I that's what saves us, I believe, are those connections. And it doesn't have to be, because a lot of us might not have the support of families, and we might be in unhealthy, toxic, toxic relationships. So it's a therapist, right? Or... Drop my about churches or it's, it's somebody in the church or it's something right. But find at least one person that they can have that, that safety with.
2: That's and I would the would, one person they can be real
1: with. Yeah.
2: Completely real. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: I would go along with that too. So f- like, f- like you're saying, finding that person, your support person, but also finding The the professional in your life who because I'm assuming if you've had a diagnosis, then it's with the professional, but making sure that it's someone that you trust and that, you know, that that lives in this in the same sort of core belief system that you do and is listening to you and is hearing you and helping guide you through this Mm -hmm. being open, you know, and and finding that person you trust, because I mean, the first person that I met with as a counselor before the hospital, everything was awful. I know I've shared that with Michelle before, but awful. And it set me back. Yeah. And so, I,
2: and I would, that's kind of exactly, that was definitely kind of one of the things I was going to say as well. Finding the group that, from a treatment team standpoint, that fits with you, that you trust. You don't have to go to the first person that you see. If things do not, feel like they connect well, if if you don't necessarily understand or agree, if they don't explain things to you in a manner where you really understand, it's okay to kind fire of them. to the I'm oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, you can fire them. Yes, you absolutely, yes. absolutely can. And something else I would say is to kind of realize that, you know, a diagnosis is one thing and it it's not who you are. And that's across the board, physical health, mental health, it's who you are. Um, The narrative that you have over what the diagnosis is and how you're going to proceed, like that's important. And when I, I say that, I mean like being someone like a clinician that prescribes medicine, I do run into the narrative of medicine is the answer. And we've talked about that before. It's always only one piece. Like there is not a single mental or physical health diagnosis where other things in addition to medicine won't aid Mm -hmm. in living life better. I mean, if it's, you know, you have high blood pressure, they might give you blood pressure medicine, but they're going to give you other suggestions Mm -hmm. as well. And so kind of realizing that, you know, it's a, a holistic thing with many pieces I would definitely kind of say that as well. That is so good. And I would like to hear like the person, maybe I can get them to tell me the one that said it was an epic adventure. I'd like to.
0: We'd love to hear more about that. Great. You know, let's, let's add on to these things too, for people who are listening to say also be kind to yourself. And it's like what you just said, Michelle, that is not who you are. And we are on a journey and so if things are going better for you and then you feel like you're sliding back and you're, it's okay that this is, this is a, an up and down and, and be open to trying the things because you trust that person. And like Gracie said, you found a support person and just be on that journey and, and know that it's, that it's okay. And this is not everything of who you are. So be kind to yourself. Yes. Don't be and there'll be some
2: that. resources in the show notes, like NAMI, Perfect. which has lots of um, information support groups, but there'll definitely be some um, resources on support, information, education when it comes to different mental health diagnosis.
0: Awesome. And we should say too, we'll say this at the beginning more often, that the things we talk about here are not designed to be therapy just for you or advice just for you. We hope that it is very helpful to you, but that's why we always want to have resources in the show notes for you. Um, And I think we'll go ahead and put every single time, some of the major like crisis lines and things like that. And then whatever specific things we talked about during, during the show. So Michelle, that was so amazing. I love that topic. Is there anything you didn't say that you wished you had of or want to, or as we're wrapping up. Just
2: to make sure everybody knows they're not alone.
0: No, 50 no. Million. We're
2: all out there together.
0: That's right. We are all out there together. We are. So thank you all for being here. Um, as always, please go visit the show notes. We'll have Gracie's info, Michelle's info, my info, all of the resources. If you are a woman and you are not part of our private Facebook group. There will be a link in there for that as well. Um, What else have I forgotten? That it? I think that's it. Okay. Well then, let's try. We we will always continue this, even as we change other things about the show, we will have our nice, awkward, loving, because we want you to leave here feeling hugged. So we'll just try it and see how it goes. So until we're together next time,
1: consider consider yourself yourself
0: hugged hugged. (laughs) that was pretty good